Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. service so far. Amen? So I need you to decide something for me. I need you to make a decision right now. Are you ready? I need you to make a decision right now of what you want to do with your life. Now, hear me out. Do you want to continue to walk in fear and defeat, or do you want to walk in healing and victory? The choice is yours. The choice is yours. I want you to know that, okay? Now, some of you are already saying, well, Pastor, you don't know what I've been through, and you're right. I don't know all of what you've been through. But as we talked about the last couple weeks, you're not alone. Either someone has gone through it just like you have, or God has, well, I should say and or, God has joined himself with you and is walking that path with you. Amen? We talked about how God comes alongside us when we're hurting, and and our, our typical response is, well, God, why didn't you deliver me from this? And And what we don't understand is that God delivers us through it, not from it. There's things that we have to go through because we live in a sinful world. And the example that I gave last week is, in Juneau, it rains a lot, right? Everybody amen on that? You know, amen, it rains a lot. The only place that I've been to that it rains more is Ketchikan. (laughs) And uh, I thought, wow, it rains. There's some place that rains more than Juneau, and that's Ketchikan. And uh, I, I had a hard time believing that until I got there. And uh, they, I was there, and it was sunny that day, and, and uh, I couldn't believe it. The day, one day that I was there, and it made up for it. The rest of the week, it rained the whole time. But we can't go through life in the southeast without experiencing some rain, right? In the same way, you cannot go through life without experiencing some pain. That's why they call it life, okay? That's why they call it life. You're going to experience something, but the difference that we as believers have is that we have the great God of glory to go through it with us. Amen? And and I want to tell you that there's something that is significant about coming out the other side, knowing what you've been through and looking back and realizing there's no way that I could have done this without God in my life. As a matter of fact, I look back over my life, and I'm surprised that I'm even alive, some of the stuff that I've done, amen? I'm surprised that I'm even existing because I've done some stupid stuff. As a matter of fact, I'm very thankful social media was not around when I was a teenager. Can I get some amens in this place on that, amen? I am glad. There are some pictures out there of me that need to be destroyed. They don't need to be on social media, and every now and then, Somebody will pop up and put one on there, and I say, take that down immediately, okay? We don't need that image 
of me when I was 19 doing the things that I was doing. Now, I'm not doing anything bad. I'm just trying to give you something to laugh at, right? But thank God I didn't have that. But I look back on my life, and I realize there's no way that I could have gotten to the things that I've gotten without the Lord in my life. Amen? And we've been talking about grief the past couple weeks, and I want to share some scripture with you. And I'll do that in just a moment. We've been talking about grief the past couple weeks, and I, I shared with you, and maybe you agree with this, I've never been in a church service in my entire life as a believer where we've dealt with grief. We pastors, especially Pentecostal pastors, man, we like to stay away from it because it's not the root and toot and shouting service, right? You know, you don't have people flipping over pews and running and all that. Really, it's more emotional. It's more crying. And, and uh, Pentecostals, we're not comfortable with that, are we? We're not comfortable with that. We think we have to be shouting. The problem is that life is imbalanced. God gave us grief. It's an emotion. God gave us emotions. And if he's given us emotions, then we need to explore those emotions, okay? Now, let me read this to you. Grief defined is deep sorrow. Deep sorrow. Anybody ever felt like that? Just deep sorrow? You ever, you ever just stopped and thought about something that's happened in your life when, when you were younger and you just started tearing up? Sorrow. Because we haven't dealt with that grief. Because, you know, especially young men. Young men, when they start to cry, we always tell them, hush that crying. We don't allow that in this house. Guys, you know what I'm talking about? Hush that crying. But the, the, the problem with that is we think we're making our men tougher. But really what we're getting them to do is suppress their emotions. Suppressing your emotions is not a good thing. It actually leads to violence on young men because they're not dealing with their emotions. And I'm not saying that we need to, to, to let our emotions out all the time in the sense of the, the risk of being called a crybaby. I'm not talking about that. But we need to engage those emotions because we need to understand that all emotion comes from God. Amen? All emotion comes from God. We realize that God has given us this emotion to be able to process, to be able to cope with the sadness that we've gone to. So we talked about that, about how God has given this emotion. We have understood that he walks with us and he shares in our grief. Remember we talked about that last week for those that were here? He walks with us. He experiences the grief with us. But today, today is what we've really been working towards. Because today, today we understand that it takes time for grief to heal but for some of you, that time is now. We need healing from our grief. Amen? See, we acknowledged our grief first. We understood that God is walking with us. But now it's time for healing. Now it's time for God to come in and restore. Amen? And when I first come to Juno, I was really amazed at the, the depth of the hurt and the pain that the people here have experienced. And so when I talk about healing, I don't talk about it lightly. I don't talk about it in the sense of, oh, you just need to get over it. No, Man, don't we tell that to people all the time? You just need to get over it? No, we don't, we don't need to tell people that. But there comes a point, amen, there comes a point where it is time to get past the grief, to end the grieving period, and start walking in victory. There's a time for that. That is in no way not acknowledging what you've been through. 
If we talk about the culture and what the culture has been through, it's been terrible, amen? There's, there's such thing as generational trauma, and I'm giving words that you've probably heard before, but it is time to walk in forgiveness, amen? It is time to walk in victory. It is time, now that we've acknowledged that grief, now that we've seen what God can do, it's time to realize that God says, okay, now it's time to know that I've healed you, amen? And it's time to know that. Praise God. God has come to touch you today. See, if I were to bring somebody up today and if they had a broken arm and or cancer or something like that, and I were to lay hands on them and they were, they were healed and God restored them physically, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? But do you know the greater miracle is someone who was healed from emotional trauma. Someone who's been hurt. Someone who's dealt with pain. Someone who's carried the burden of knows what it feels like to be rejected and they've never gotten past it. Let me tell you in this room, everybody in this room has faced rejection. But I will tell you the one person who has never rejected you, amen? We've rejected him, but he has never rejected us. See, he understands our emotion, amen? Because we rejected him. He understands what we're going through. And it's time for the Lord to deliver you from that pain. It's time for the Lord to take that pain away from you. The same God that can heal cancer. The same God that can restore the blind. The same God that can heal the leper. The same God who can turn your life around and make it into something that it wasn't. The same God that can heal your finances. The same God that can heal your marriage is the same God is the same God that can heal you emotionally. But we like to hold on to that emotion, don't we? Because we don't know how to live otherwise. That's all we know. And you know why that is? Because we haven't really been able to give it to Jesus yet. Because I'm going to let you in on a little secret. When you became saved, you became a new creation. Everybody understand what I mean by the word new? That means old things have passed away. Come on now. That means whatever happened to you in the past, God's already taken care of. Amen. He has made you a new creation. Amen. Now, that doesn't mean that we're still not processing it and dealing with it. And I want to be very sensitive here because I know, I feel in my heart, and I'm, I'm, I'm really struggling a little bit right now preaching this because the, what you don't see is the weight of the service is on me right now and the, the emotion. And as I'm talking about this, some of that emotion that you've been experiencing is starting to swell in your heart. It's starting to swell in your soul. And some of you may even be tearing up because you know what you're carrying. I want to tell you, the Lord himself said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It is not God's will for you to carry that any longer. It's okay to grieve. Don't think that I'm not saying that, okay? Please, don't think that I'm saying that. Grief is an emotion. It is not a sin to grieve. But there comes a point when grief takes over our lives and we're not able to talk to God anymore and we're not able to function anymore. That's when grief actually becomes an idol. Mm. I said it, didn't I? Grief becomes an idol. 
because we attach ourselves more to it than we do to God. Come on now. Listen, I'm not, I say grief is not a sin, but it can become one. Amen? Grief, if it takes over your life, if you have an inability to have relationships because of it, if you're angry and bitter all the time and you treat people the way they shouldn't be treated, brothers and sisters, grief has taken over your life. And you have an idol that you have to deal with. We don't like idols in the church, do we? You know who else doesn't like idols? God. Pastor, you don't understand. I'm hurting. Listen, I get it. We're all hurting. All of us have had to deal with things. Amen? Some of us more than others. But can I, can I share some with you for those that have suffered? I will tell you right now, and I want you to hear me, that you're not going to go through anything that God can't get you through if you let him. Okay? I want to tell you right now, there is healing. There is healing in his word today. And when I say those things, when I say those things, I don't say it flippantly. I don't say it as if I don't care because you know that I care about you. Amen? Does anybody, everybody know that pastor cares about him? Listen, when you cry, I cry with you, okay? Some of you have told me your story, and I wept with you, and I cried with you, and we wept together. But brothers and sisters, it is time that the believers stop hanging their heads, and we begin to lift our heads. Amen? We begin to lift our heads. Listen, it's okay if you look back and you cry because you remember what happened to you. But if we're not careful, we become like Lot's wife. We look back as if we belong there. We don't belong there anymore, brothers and sisters. We don't belong there right now. God has delivered you from that pain. Amen? God has delivered you from that pain. And for some of you, it's been a process. Amen? You've, you've gone to, you, listen, I'm going to say some blunt things this morning as if I never do, right? I'm going to be kind of real with you, not kind of, I am going to be real with you today. And if I offend you, maybe we need that. Maybe we need to get offended a little bit so God can change us a little bit, okay? So put your steel-toed shoes on this morning because we're going to get a little real because God wants to rise you up and become a mighty warrior for him. He wants to rise you up. The Lord is saying this morning, hey, I've seen what you've gone through, but you weren't alone. I was with you. And you're alive because of me. You're alive because of me. You're alive because of me. Amen. And more than that, more than that, I've got a purpose for you. More than that, I've got a job for you, amen? More than that, I got, a, I got something that I need you to do, I'd like for you to do, amen? I'm not finished with you. Yeah, you may think the world is over, but the world is not over, amen? As a matter of fact, for some of you, your life is really about to begin. I, I told you we're getting real. But we gotta, we gotta lay aside the weight that so easily besets us. Don't we? <laughs> All right, I'm going to come over here and tell them that. We got to lay aside the weight. Amen. Hey, ma'am. I remember, I remember a long time ago, 
they came out with these things called ankle weights. Remember that? Did you put them around your ankles? I'm probably showing my age. Some of the young people have no idea what I'm talking about. If you, want, if you were in the 80s and the 90s, man, you had some ankle weights, right? And I remember, I remember trying to show off, and I put like 20-pound ankle weights on my ankles, right? And I was like, I'm going to go running. <laughs> that was the way it was, right? I couldn't go anywhere, and I tried to walk, and I, it was just like I was weighed down, amen? That's what grief does to us. It weighs us down, amen? But bless the Lord, all oh my soul, he came and released me from my pain and my sorrow. Bless the Lord, all oh my soul. He came and healed me from the things that brought me down. Do I remember the things that brought me down? Oh, yeah, the devil tries to come up. He says, you ain't all that. Remember when you did this? Devil ever do that to you, or am I the only one? I am the only one? Devil comes up and says, you remember when you did this? And I go, ooh, don't bring that up. And the Lord says, what is he talking about? I don't remember that. Come on now. Come on now. The devil's trying to put 20-pound ankle weights around your legs to keep you from walking in the spirit. Amen. The devil's trying to weigh you down. I don't know about you, but I don't like to be weighed down. Amen. I like to be free. I like to walk around. I like to have my held high. And there's times that days that happen that I get upset and I get frustrated. And my wife looks at me and she says, fix your face. So I don't fix my face. I do what I want to do. Right? Come on now. I'm trying to give you some good stuff here. I am not minimizing what you've been through. I know some of you, even right now, the hurt that you are feeling is beyond what you can cope with. But I want to tell you, mourning may endure for the night. Mourning may endure for the night. Mourning, when I say mourning, I don't mean like the sunrise, which in, you know, Alaska can be 3 a.m. <laughs> mourning means sadness. Sorrow, grief. You're going to grieve for some time, brothers and sisters, but guess what? There's this thing called joy. There's this thing called joy, and it's coming. It's coming. Joy is coming. And, and the problem that we have as believers is we can only see past where we are right now. You ever notice that? Our spiritual well-being is based on our current moment. You know, there's a problem with that because that's not what Scripture says. Okay, here I come. By the way, I have not even started my sermon, okay, just so that you know. This is all free flow. But the Spirit of the Lord is on me, and i got to say some stuff. Okay? Amen. Praise God. You still love me, right? Okay, good. Let's check it. Just check it. Just checking because it's going to get more real. Listen, we can't see past right here because we're so consumed with our individuality. We're so consumed about me, me, me. The church has become a collection of individuals. The church is not a collection of individuals. The church is a corporate body. Amen? We are a corporate body. Amen? And see... If I were to come down today in the Mully Groves, you guys know what the Mully Groves is, right? 
Okay, I'm looking at a bunch of faces that don't know what I'm talking about. Mulligrubs is a southern term, and, and it means you're down, like you're upset about stuff. Okay, it means you're upset about something, and your face looks like you you just you're you're done, right? We get down, we get upset about things, but you know the effect that we have on people around us. Did you know that that if I come down and people will say, "How are you doing?" and I pretend like I'm okay when it's clearly that I'm not, it affects that other person, and it's like an infectious disease that goes through the church. Brothers and sisters, I am going through things right now that I never thought I would go through, and sometimes it gets me down. But I will say this: the joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Because, see, sometimes I can't have joy on my own, Brother Doug. Sometimes I can't just smile on my own. I've got to look to the Lord and say, God, I need strength. And God says, here's some happiness I'm going to give you. Amen. Here's, oh, hallelujah. Here's some happiness that I'm going to give you. And sometimes the happiness comes through ways that I didn't expect. Like I'll read a good joke on Facebook. Do you know why Jesus is not allowed in the jewelry stores? He breaks every chain. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for that one. <laughs> he breaks every chain. Amen. Listen, I know that's funny, but sometimes we need to laugh. Amen. Sometimes we need to stop focusing on our grief. Now, listen, I'm not saying we don't need to process it. Listen, we're going to get there in a moment, okay? But sometimes we need to say, listen, I don't understand what's going on right now. I don't get it. I probably never will get it. I never. We always feel like we have to understand God. If we can't even understand each other, how are we going to understand God? His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I can't even get some of you, and you certainly can't get me, amen, because we're different, right? And if you can't get me sometimes and I don't get you, what makes us think that we're not going to understand God and all his glory and all his amazingness and all his joy, amen? So sometimes, sometimes I say, God, I just need you. Man, do you think that's what God wants to hear from us? My daughter will come to me sometimes, and I always know the level of need that she has. Either it's dad or daddy. Right? You got dads, you know what I'm talking about? If it's dad, I know, okay, this is going to cost me 20 bucks. If it's daddy, 300 Sometimes she'll say daddy, and I go, oh, dear God, here it comes. But guess what? Close your ears for a minute. If she asks for it, she's going to get it. Did you know that? Did, did you hear that? Oh, man. If my wife comes to me, if she says, hon, it's going to cost me 50. If she says, honey, 500. <laughs> if she says, oh, baby, 1,000. Okay? But you know what? If she asks me, if she approaches me, if, she's, if she talks like that to me, if she says those sweet words to me, I'm going to go, here's my wallet. I don't care. Take what you need. Amen? You know why? Because I love my wife and my daughter. And if I, being naturally evil, love my wife and my daughter, how much more is God going to love me? Amen? 
How much more, how much more is God going to love me? How much more when I approach God, like Romans says, Abba, Father, which basically means Daddy God. How much more is the Lord going to hear me? Amen. And I want you to know this morning, some of you that are struggling, it is time to reach out to God. You, you may be saying to yourself, well, I can deal with it. No, you can't. Look where you are still. Okay? Quit trying to fight a battle. You can't win. It is okay to call on God. That's what he's there for. Amen? My daughter cannot fight her battle sometimes. She comes to me to help her fight that battle. My wife can't fight her battle sometimes. I can't fight the battle. We rally around each other, and we fight the battle together. Amen? I want to tell you this morning, there is a God. Praise God. Oh, that was for free. Mark chapter 8, verse 24 through 25. This scripture was tough for me to understand. Because as I said, in Pentecostal services, we're supposed to lay our hands on people and slap them upside the head with oil. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? You ever seen that? You know he's a, an old-time Church of God preacher when he does this. You know, gets his hands ready. Spits in his hand. All right, let's go. Or if, he's, if you see a pastor grabbing the anointing oil, be careful. He's going to slap you. Not today, all right? So we're used to the slapping of somebody upside the head and them falling out and getting healed. Trouble is, is that's not the way God works sometimes. I am not diminishing, nor am I making fun of the Holy Ghost, because God does work that way sometimes, but that is not the only way he works. Healing can be instantaneous. Many lepers and sick people were made whole and cured. But the example that we're looking at today has always troubled me because it seems to go against that very narrative of instant healing. Mark 8, 24 says, And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. Oh, praise God. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. See, this is, this is different because you read in the Scripture where Jesus would lay his hands on people and they were made whole that very hour. But here, here, Jesus touched him twice. Has that ever bothered anybody? When you read it, has that ever troubled you? That has ever caused you to think, well, wait a minute, I thought Jesus was all-powerful. Why did that happen? And I will tell you, everything that is in Scripture is there for a reason. Amen? Can you, can you hear me on that? Everything in Scripture is there for a reason. The Lord put it there because he wants us to learn something. And I, this is what I want to tell you right now is, first of all, God never does things the same way twice. Did you know that? God never does the same thing the same way twice. Let's talk about this blind man. The blind man of Bethsaida. The first thing you notice about him is that someone brought him to Jesus. Mark 8, 22. It's not going to be up there. Just listen to me. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So can I just, can I just talk about this for a moment? 
You know, the one other thing that we lack in churches today, and I'm going to talk about this more in a couple weeks. The one thing that we lack in churches is gratitude, thankfulness. When's the last time that we said, thank you, Lord? When's the last time that we said thank you to our church workers, the people who do things around the church? Church workers, I'm guilty of that. I don't thank you enough for all that you do. For the people that clean, the people that do the ministries, thank you for what you do. Thank you. Thank you for our praise team. You come early to practice. Thank you. I don't do it enough. But we have a problem with gratitude in the church, don't we? Can we just be grateful for a moment that like the blind man at Bethsaida, someone brought you to Jesus? Okay, here we go. You know when I come down, it's going to get real, right? Can we be thankful about what God is doing in your life? Come on. But our attitude is somehow, but I'm mad at God. Listen. Here's, here's where your step to healing begins, is that you're thankful to God that you're still alive. Come on. Can we get past some of that other stuff for a moment and just say, thank you, Lord, that I'm alive? Thank you that I'm coming to a great church that cares about me. Thank you that you care about me. Thank you, Lord. And you know, here's... Here's the crazy thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prophesy over you. Some of you, what you've been through, there's going to come a point that you look back and you actually thank God for that trial that you went through. You begin to thank God for that grief. Listen, had I not gone through some grief that I've gone through, I would not be where I am today. My wife and I were talking, and we looked at our situation and the things that we're doing, and I said, never in a million years would I have dreamed that I would be where I am right now and God doing things in me. But he brought me here, amen, and I'm thankful for it because I'm happy. I'm joyful. It doesn't mean that my life is a hard sometimes. It is hard. But I look to the Lord, and I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the time that I didn't even have enough money to pay my bills. <laughs> Doesn't that sound crazy to say that? <laughs> Thank you, God, for the time I went into the hospital and I thought I was going to die. Thank you, God, for that moment. Oh, pastor, you're just being silly. No, no, I'm not. I am not being silly. Thank you, God. For the times that our hard times that we've been through when my wife and I have struggled and we've fought and we've had to hold on to each other to keep from falling apart. Thank you, God, for all that you've done. Thank you, God, for the time that our kids were mistreated in school and came home crying. Thank you, God, for bringing me through. Someone brought you to the Lord today, amen? You may be hurting right now, but someone brought you to the Lord, amen? We need to say thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're about to do. The next thing we see is, and this is where it gets a little crazy, all right, is they brought the blind man to him. and You, you know what happened next? It's crazy. This is the weirdest thing I've ever seen. This is not recorded in anywhere else in Scripture. But are you ready? Jesus spit in his eye. Okay, I need to spit in somebody's eye today. Who can I do that to? No volunteers. Okay. 
You ever had somebody spit on you before? <laughs> Not nicely. <laughs> I remember when Hunter was a baby and I was, I was playing with him and for some unimaginable reason I had him above my face and I was shaking him. <laughs> and I said, look, honey, he likes me. And all of a sudden I look at him and he goes all over me. In my eyes, my mouth, my nose. <laughs> my wife thought that was the funniest thing in the world, and I didn't feel that way at that moment. I've had people spit on me. It was never a good thing, right? And, and Because why? It's an insult, right? It's an insult when somebody spits on you. But listen to this verse right here. So he took the blind man by the hand, and he led him out of the town. So first of all, Jesus didn't do this in front of anybody. He took him out of town, and when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked him if he saw anything. Now, I got to be honest with you, I struggle to get past that part right there, because if somebody spit on me, I'm ready to fight him. Anybody with me? You spit on me, let's go. We're going we're gonna to change hands right now, unless they're bigger than me, then I'm running And by bigger than me, I mean pretty much everybody. I don't want to be spit on. And, you know, a lot of theologians have tried to come up with a reason why Jesus spit on him. And it's all, well, he done this because his eyesight needed the touch of whatever was in the saliva. I don't, I don't think any of that is true. Okay, so here's the point where I'm going to give my opinion, okay? Are we clear? I can't back this up with Scripture. This is my opinion. Our sin is offensive. Did you hear what I said? What was done to us that causes our grief is offensive. It's offensive. Jesus demonstrated that offense. He acknowledged that offense by what he did. Again, that is my opinion. You can take it, leave it, argue it. doesn't matter to me. That's just what I think. Jesus understood. Jesus didn't take him aside. He goes, you just need to get over it. No, he didn't do that. He said, I'm going to do this for you because I want you to understand the offense that you're going through. I want to acknowledge it. And you're saying to yourself, that's a pretty weird way to acknowledge it. All I can present to you is just what I think. I may not be right. I'm trying to explain something. I wasn't there, and the Scripture doesn't really go into it. That's just what I think. But regardless of why Jesus did it, there was a little bit of healing that took place at that moment. See, when we acknowledge what has happened to us, there's something that happens. This healing comes. Not all the way. But, man, we, we, what we try to do is we suppress it. We suppress it, we suppress it, we suppress it, and it's never dealt with. Do you know what happens when you suppress emotions? It actually begins to affect you health-wise. You can get an ulcer. You can have mental challenges because of unforgiveness and dealing with that. Your body can actually have a stroke. 
I am not saying if you know someone who's had a stroke that that's the cause of it. I'm just saying these things could happen. Because we don't deal with our grief. We don't deal with the things that have been done in our life. And so there was something there, and this is what happened to the man. Jesus said, he said, can you, can you see? He asked him if he saw anything. And he says this, praise God. I see men like trees. Men like trees walking around. Now remember, this guy was blind from birth, if I'm not mistaken. He didn't know what men looked like. He didn't know what trees looked like. But instantly he saw, instantly he saw that there was something different. I want you to understand, he was not fully healed yet. But something had changed. And for some of you these past two weeks, something has changed. Are you listening to me this morning? Something has changed. Some of you are, you're afraid to open those floodgates of all the things that you've dealt with because you're, you're worried you're going to look silly crying. Listen, I'd, I'd rather look silly crying than walk out of here with a hard heart. Amen? You can look silly and cry in church. It's okay. We don't take pictures. All right? Just so that you know, we don't take pictures. As a matter of fact, to be honest, this is the place to deal with this. This is the place right here, amen? But the reality is, the reality is the guy was not healed all the way. He says, I see men in trees. In other words, what he lacked was clarity. Now, a couple of things could have happened there. Jesus could have said, okay, we're done. Praise God. See you later. Right? Or the man could have gone, okay, hey, thanks. I see men as trees. That's good enough for me. Can I tell you that's what we do? Jesus touches us a little bit. We go, okay, thanks. We'll see you later. And we, then we blame God. God, how come I'm not fully held or healed? It's because we've walked away from the Lord, and he wasn't done healing us yet. And we get bitter and we stop coming to church. We think God doesn't care about us and God is sitting there, where did you go? I'm not, I'm not done. Because we've got this mindset that all healing has to be instantaneous. When we're reading here, it's not. It can be a process. It can be a process that God does, amen? And I want to tell you this morning, it is time to let God finish the work in you this morning. It is time to let God finish what he started. Amen. Praise God. Bring up Philippians 1.6 for me. This verse just came to mind. I want to read this verse to you, and I want you to see it with me. Philippians 1.6. I want you to understand this morning that God is a God who wants to see you whole. Some of you are walking around in bandages and you're struggling. You don't know which way is which. God is a God of healing this morning. God is a God of just completeness. Looks like it's taking them a couple seconds to bring that up. There we go. Philippians 1, 6. Read this with me. Thank you, guys. Being confident. You know what that word confident means? That means assured. When's the last time you've been confident in something? 
Anybody confident in government right now? <laughs> That's a funny, isn't it? Anybody? I went to go pray for the legislature on Friday, and I thought, man, these people hate each other. I am not confident in government right now, but I am confident in God. He says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, will just leave it there. In other words, he's not going to finish it. Is that what it says? What's that word there? He goes, he will complete it. Whole. Man, am I the only one about to shout? Am I the only one about to run off the stage? He's going to complete it. He's going to finish it. Stop looking at your situation where it is right now and realize that you are being perfected in his gospel. I know it hurts. I do. And, and you think, Pastor, you have no idea. You're right, I don't, but you have no idea what I've been through. You have no idea what I've suffered and gone through. Pastor, you couldn't have suffered much. Oh, I have. You don't know my story. Not all of you do. But I will tell you, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. Through it all, I've learned to trust in God. I have learned to take him at his word. See, at the point that the, he saw the men looking like trees, it looked like he was healed. And everything looked like it was okay, but it wasn't. He was no longer functionally blind, but Jesus said, we're not done yet. Man, I tell you what. If there's a word right now for some of you is we're not done yet. Come on. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Jesus is looking at you and saying, we're not done. But God, I'm going through all this. He says, I know, but I'm ready to bring you through it. I'm ready to heal you. You need to quit listening to the devil because the devil will sit there and say, well, this is your life now. This is your life now. That's how it's always going to be until the rapture comes. The problem with thinking about the rapture is it becomes a form of escapism. And we don't deal with things as they are. Quit thinking about the rapture and start thinking about life right now. Amen. It is time to live right now. It is time to walk in the glory of the Lord. Amen. It is time to rise up and receive healing. It's time to receive healing. See, the process of spit and realizing how offensive this thing was that he was dealing with. And the process led to a touch. At that moment, Jesus reached out his hands. Praise God. Jesus reached out his hands and he touched him on his eyes. He touched him on his eyes. You know what he said to him? He goes, look up. Look up. Look up. Look it up in Scripture if you don't believe me. He goes, look up. Man, that's the problem with believers. We got our heads hung so low we can't see anything. And we wonder why we keep bumping into stuff. Amen? Because we don't see the traps of the enemy coming. The Bible says, look up. 
I got another scripture for you. Look up because your redemption draws nigh. Amen. The Bible says, look up. Look up. Look up. Amen. Look up. Does anybody watch their feet where they're walking? No. If you want to be safe, you're always looking ahead. You ever seen those videos where people are on their phone and they're walking and what happens to them? They run into poles or they run into traffic or they fall into fountains. You know why? Because their, their mind is somewhere else. The Bible says, look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. David asked this question. He goes, why, why do I hang my head? I'm paraphrasing. Why do I hang my head? I serve God. I serve God. And it doesn't matter. Now, not that it matters to God. Don't misunderstand me. I'm talking about in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't matter what you're going through because our end goal is glory. Our end goal is heaven. And just like Paul said, I has not seen nor ear has heard that which is awaiting for us. Amen. If we only saw what is waiting for us, this little problem that we're facing, and I say little problem not to minimize it, but we think about what's waiting for us, none of this stuff matters. Amen. I may be dealing with something right now, but I know in some time coming in the future, I'm going to be walking on streets of gold. Amen. Now, I want you to think about something. Anybody who's ever dealt with the city knows that they use the cheapest material to build our roads, right? Thank you for that amen. <laughs> we, they build the cheapest stuff to build the roads, right? That's why we have so many potholes, right? Cheap. Whatever is available, that's what we're going to use, right? See, in heaven, in heaven, the streets are made of gold. In other words, gold is cheap up in heaven. That's like nothing to God. Amen? Brothers and sisters, though I suffer for the moment, his glory is going to be revealed in me. It's going to be revealed in me. I'm sure I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning with some trial because Monday mornings and pastors don't get along. But you know what I do know? No matter what comes up tomorrow, that's not going to take away my place in heaven. We have to quit thinking about this moment and realize that we're in the process of being healed. And some of the healing that comes to us, there's a word for it. And I'm going to try to remember this word is Iomea. I think that's it. I have to go back and look at my notes. I think that's the word. It's a Greek word. And it means instant healing, but it really means healing in the apocalypse. In other words, after we're going to heaven, that's when healing is coming. Brothers and sisters, some of us are not going to receive our full healing until we get to heaven. Some of the things that you faced in your life, some of the hurt that you faced, we're not going to receive that full healing until we get to heaven. And you may think, well, why, why can't I get healing from that right now? It's because sometimes the faith walk we have to walk means that we trust the Lord and nothing else. We have to learn to rely on God. We have to do that because sometimes if we don't have anything else to depend on, 
we forget about who God is. God wants to be present in our lives. See, it's, it's weird. It's weird how trouble and pain brings us to God. How many of you came to this church, and don't raise your hands, but how many of you came to this church on your last leg and you didn't think you were going to make it? On our Thursday nights, we always have a time where people share with what they're going through. And I, here's, here's what I hear. You know, I, I, was, I was on drugs when I came to church. <laughs> I said, well, thanks for not telling me that. Or I was high or I was drunk coming to church, and, and now God has changed me. God, God has delivered me. I didn't have to get up and go, no, 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 don't you do that. I didn't have to do that. The Holy Spirit did that, amen? And now, and now we're in church, amen? Now we're in church, and, and, and we're healing together. And God has taken us to a point, and, and you become faithful in the church, and God is using you. And some of you aren't there yet, but you're getting involved in the church, and God is touching your brothers and sisters. I want you to understand, whatever is happening in this moment doesn't compare what God's going to do for you. It doesn't compare. Nothing compares. This is the hard part. Are you ready? We have to quit thinking about right now. We got to. We got to think about what the Lord is going to do. We have to see us walking hand in hand with Jesus as he walks us down through heaven. We've got to see ourselves as we begin to cry, thinking about all those times and the Lord reaching down and gently wiping that tear from her eye and says, young daughter, young son, you don't have to worry about that anymore. I've healed you. We've got to think about that time when we're not going to have to worry about bills and we're not going to have to worry about doctors and we're not going to have to worry about finances and bill collectors and all those things because we're going to be with the Lord who is the provider of all things. Amen? We need to start thinking about we're going to have new bodies Getting out of bed is not going to sound like snap, crackle, and pop anymore. Actually, we probably won't even sleep, amen? Now, I know some of you like to sleep. I like to sleep too, but we won't have to worry about that there, amen? We won't have to worry about getting sunburned because there'll be no sun because he is our light, amen? We need to quit worrying about all those things and realize where he's taken us. Healing. Healing, healing. It is time for you to be healed today. See, a lot of preachers will get on television and they'll say, when you come to the Lord, there's no trials, no problems. The Bible calls these people false prophets because there are trials. When the three Hebrew children were in the fiery furnace, they went into it, and the Lord delivered them through it. And they came out of it, and they didn't smell like smoke, neither were they burned, but they remembered that moment going into the fire that they didn't think they were going to live. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? 
fire hurts. Last, last night I, I went to take something out of the microwave that I didn't use a pot holder. And the microwave turned the bowl into 1,000 degrees. And I went to grab it. And I was like, oh, my Lord, I'm trying to bring it down. I thought I was going to drop it because it burned, right? Imagine about ready to be cast into a fiery furnace and that fear that was probably there. But in that moment, in the midst of the fire that even killed some of their captors, the Lord Jesus showed up. And the Bible said that they were dancing in the fire. Amen. The Bible said that they were dancing in the fire. Listen, I don't care. I don't care what you're going through right now. That is not to say I don't care about you. I do care about you. But whatever you're going through, whatever hurt that you're experiencing, I want you to know that there is deliverance in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is glory in the name of Jesus. There is healing in the name of Jesus. And it is time. It is time that this church rise up and accept that healing. In a few weeks, we're going to be bringing in people who want to share their story of the hurt that they've been through because there's so much hurt in this town, generational hurt and all of that. And I'm not minimizing any of these things, but if we don't show them that they can overcome, then what are we? Are we a church that believes in God? Are we a church that believes in God? Are we a church that believes in his healing power? Are we a church that believes in his fantastic glory? Are we a church that says, no matter what I'm going through, I trust you, Lord. I will never say the pain of what you're going through is easy. Some of what some of you have shared with me has just broken my heart. But if I can say anything to you this morning, don't give up. Walk the path that God's given you. Walk the path. Walk the path that he's given you. Stand with me, please. Stand with me. Hallelujah. We worship you, Jesus. I want you to sing this song with me. Healing is here Healing is here Healing is here And I receive it Say that to yourself now. Healing is
where my help comes from. I look to you, my help, my redeemer. I trust in you. Reach my hands. I reach my hands to from I look to you my rock my healer I trust in you freedom is here freedom is here somebody needs to be set free today Freedom is here, and I receive it, and I receive it. Freedom is here, hallelujah. Freedom is here. Freedom is here. Listen to this part right here. Sickness can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear. You are the God of all power. And it is your my life is healed. Sing that again, sickness. Sickness can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear. You are the God of all power. And it is your will that my life is here. I reach my to the heavens I lift my eyes where my help comes from I look to you my rock and my healer I trust in you hallelujah that's you this morning I reach my hands to Trust in you. If that's you this morning, I just want you to make your way to the altar right now. Say, Lord, I need healing. I need healing. I need healing in my life.
Sing this with me. Sickness can't stay any longer. Your perfect love is casting out fear. Oh, I feel the Lord moving right now. Sing it out now. Oh, your perfect love. Come on, sing it out to him. Sing it out to him. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.